At Realmetrics, we collect and analyze a ton of slot data, and we're hit up frequently for insights, tips, and tricks. So we decided to do a podcast in which we present, discuss, and otherwise nerd out on our work. Coming to you from our offices in lovely Leiden, the Netherlands, welcome to Realcast. Good morning, Don. How are things today in the land of Lincoln? Morning, Nick. Everything's great. We finally broke the 100-degree days, and we're down to beautiful fall days. Um, Temperatures in the 80s, so it's been a good week. Beat the books all weekend for football, so that was good. And actually bowled well last night, too. So Okay, all right. What was your score? Your your bowling scores always freak me out. <laughs> well, my middle game was the highlight. I had a spare in the first, and I had the next 11 strikes in a row for a 290. God. <laughs> so it's, not, it's the highest game I've had in a few years. It's been, gosh, it's probably been 10 years since I've shot a 300. I had a couple 298s in there, but uh, the 290 last night was pretty nice. Those are completely insane numbers. Remind me to never go bowling with you ever. <laughs> <laughs> It's, a, it's oh. I've been doing it. Gosh, I've been bowling since um, 1969. So I've been bowling okay. for a long time. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> phone. Shut no my worries. phone's off during these things. <laughs> no problem. No problem. Uh, let's see. Okay, so the big news since our last episode: uh, cyber attacks against MGM and Caesars. Man, oh man, those were horror stories. So. I saw MGM posted this morning uh, that their their systems are back online, um, but boy, did it ever disrupt their operations. So it sounded as though, you know, virtually every system was affected. So reservations, F&B, loyalty slots, you name it. And my understanding is they've, they've been doing hand pays since it started. Oh, the, wow. uh, you know, free play and, and loyalty were, were both locked down. They couldn't clear credit card transactions and even the room keys were, were affected. So, uh, it went on for, for 10 days in total. And I saw this morning that the Wall Street Journal estimates that the uh, financial impact was around 8 million bucks a day. So Yikes. that, that qualifies as an ouchie for sure. Um, and as for Caesars, so that uh, came out in a recent uh, 8K uh, SEC filing that that hackers uh, recently infiltrated and locked down uh, the total rewards database, demanding a $30 million ransom. <laughs> so um, it appears the hack didn't go uh, much farther than that. Um, <clears throat> and uh, Caesars was able to ne- negotiate it down to $15 million, which it ultimately paid. And as is so common and maddening uh, with these scenarios, uh, Caesars, you know, rightly noted that uh, it can't guarantee that the the data stolen won't be, you know, resold or redistributed, nor that can they really warrant that paying the ransom will truly neutralize the threat. So good on them for uh, for stating that, and it really just underscores how how loaded with dilemma these these situations are, and it it appears that in each case. Um, the hackers gained access by by impersonating employees with the uh, IT support desks and then somehow managed to secure super admin credentials within the identity access management systems. And and for anybody who uses those IAM products, uh, you you know what this means. It's the it's the nightmare scenario. It's effectively a, a universal pass key. So 
Um, when and I have to say, you know, when you hear these stories recounted in person, I, I mean, I was recently speaking with uh, some folks at a California property that got nailed, and uh, their version of how it unfolded just truly sent chills down my spine. It was just at you know one point in the night, uh, department after department starts <laughs> reporting system outages until blammo, everything is locked down, and and just trying to imagine the the pit in your stomach and the the feelings of powerlessness, you know, it's 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 crazy. So, Don, have you have you ever experienced that? Have you ever been in an operation that's been that's been hacked? No, I have not. We um we had a ransomware attack at one of the properties that affected a single computer, but nothing system wide. Yeah, we spent a lot of time, a lot of effort on training the teams and um. IT would actually send out emails that would try to get people to click on stuff, even though they've been trained not to, and they would scorecard the employees. (laughs) And if you missed one, if they, if you had like a fake phishing attack and you clicked on it, uh, the managers would get reports and you'd have to retrain people. If you did it again, you retrain people. You did it a third time. It starts costing people their jobs because you can see how serious it is. Right. So you can, I, I bet all the compliance and all of the IT staffs are um, gearing up more training here in the very near future. Yeah. And that's, that's really the problem with so much of this is it's, it, it really is, it, it does come down to those, those human vulnerabilities, which is really what, what it hit here. And so you can do, didn't be as locked down as you want to, uh, as, as, uh, as possible. Uh, technically, but still those, those human frailties are there and it can really cause problems. So, oh, well. Um, okay. So we did have a couple of uh, listener questions that I wanted to hit. And before I do so, uh, we love to tackle any questions that anyone listening may have. So if you have a question about what we're presenting or, or something you'd like us to present, please drop us an email at realcast at realmetrics.com. Again, that's R-E-E-L-C-A-S-T at realmetrics.com. Our policy is to keep all questions anonymous, so please speak directly and don't worry about us revealing your identity. That's not something we do. Okay, so the first question comes from a French operator, and it is, Hi, Nick and Don. Love the podcast. Any thoughts about the decision to move the ICE show from London to Barcelona? So I I somehow failed to mention that news item last month, (laughs) but uh, for anybody who was not uh, aware... Clarion announced in in early August that the uh, ICE International Casino Exhibition will move from London, where it's been held for decades, to Barcelona beginning in 2025. So thoughts on that? Well, I I don't know what to say other than the obvious, and uh, that is Brexit was positively moronic (laughs) Uh, logistically and uh, uh, financially. London has never really been, a let's say, a a great venue for that show, uh, especially when it was in Earl's Court down in uh, Kensington. And yeah, the the added expense and and hassle that that accompanies uh, Brexit uh, it's just the final straw. So so in the end, I expect it'll be good for both attendees and exhibitors. Lower costs, uh, less hassle, no Heathrow, and uh, as ICE is a winter show, uh, significantly nicer weather. So, uh, good point. Yeah, <laughs> not much more to say on that, but 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 thanks for the thanks for the question. Um, the next one, this is this is a good one. Um, uh, okay, it comes from a, a fairly prominent vendor who asks. Okay, so in your uh, episode on operator vendor tensions, uh, Nick mentioned a vendor proposal to move from eighty twenty revenue splits during trials to something 
more equitable, such as a 50-50 split. Um, Buddy and Don shot it down, mentioning that in such revenue share deals, costs are higher for casinos with higher average daily wins. However, they didn't mention that this is relative. It's a fixed percentage applied to variable revenue values. So what's the problem? If they make more money, so do we. If they don't, we don't. Uh, just generally, uh, I didn't feel that they really defended the current practice. Uh, it seemed more like they were arguing against the loss of an entitlement. <laughs> <laughs> well, I really I, love that phrasing. So, yeah. well, uh, I, get, I get that. The only problem <laughs> I have with it is there are so many states out there that have a very high tax rate. Yeah. So, you know, there are states out there with a 50% tax rate or a 30% tax rate. So if I'm given the vendor 50% before taxes, and my tax rate is pushing 50%. Well, what did I make? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, fair point on that one. Yeah, for so sure. If my tax rate's 8%. Okay, well, maybe it's doable. But um, when your tax rates are north of 20, 30, 50%, that makes this a little bit tougher. Yeah, fair enough. And, and I, I, I do, I mean, I know you guys had said something about perhaps, you know, chucking in a, a daily fee, incremental daily fee on it or, or something of mm-hmm. those natures. And I think just the, the the main takeaway for me on that was that you know there's there's some you know some room to talk and and to really kind of just lay this out and and especially as we mentioned i think it gets acutely painful for the for the smaller vendors some of these some of these things but i right. i do feel you're you know you're right you guys did open up and say yeah there is a reason to to maybe get them a bit more compensation on these things yeah maybe if there's something you can do after taxes it would be mm-hmm. more palatable. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if I'm running a 40% tax rate and we take that off the top and then we look at um, some type of revenue share or a daily fee. I was at an Illinois gaming board meeting years and years ago and the gaming board talked about why aren't the major manufacturers um, paying taxes on this stuff to the state if they're getting daily fees and mm-hmm. it opened up a whole can of worms and, um, thankfully, they let me down from the podium as they um, gently ease me off the stage saying, Don, this is a to- topic for a different day. And <laughs> this isn't something you have to answer. <laughs> no, thank you. Well, you know, it was it was interesting as we were dis- having that discussion with Buddy last week. One of the things I, I forgot. To, so Buddy had, had talked about when this all started and he said it you know, it was really in the in the video poker realm and then Megabucks and, and things of this nature. And one of the things I'd, I'd forgotten to mention was that back in the 90s. The Nevada Resort uh, Association, I think that was the, the name of it, um, they actually sponsored an assembly bill in the Nevada Assembly to uh, – and they had argued basically that, that you know, it was IGT at the time was, was effectively operating and uh-huh. therefore they needed to be subjected to state gaming tax. It was a hell of a fight that, that was going on there. But that, yeah, was was – Back then, same type of same type of topic, you know, was they should they really be paying uh, operational taxes because they're they're operating? I don't know. But ultimately, it didn't go through in Nevada. But I, I don't know what they're thinking in Missouri, or was it Illinois? You said it was Illinois. Illinois. Illinois yeah, I, I can still remember being up there. I was presenting a. I was trying to get a game approved. Uh, I think it was a table game. It might have been Pi Gal or you know back in the day multi card poker or something mm-hmm. and yep. multi hand poker. Um, I'm pretty sure it was Pike. Anyway, the, um, 
the conversation came up about revenue sharing with lease games and, you know, how much is a fee was I paying per month for these, the rights to these games and how much was I paying for shuffling machines and things like that. And, and so all of a sudden the, um, the board and the chairman started having this conversation with me standing up there trying to get PyGal approved <laughs> <laughs> and they're firing these questions back and forth to the lawyer and everything else. I'm thinking, Oh my goodness, I just want to get PyGal approved so I can put two tables on my floor. Yeah. Just plead the fifth and get out. <laughs> <laughs> Thank, thankfully. And I, I always appreciated the chairman actually looking at me and saying, Don, don't worry. This is not a conversation you have to get involved in. This is what we're talking about behind closed doors. And it just came up while you're up here. So yeah. uh, thank you for your time. Thank you, Mr. <laughs> Chairman. I'm taking my seat. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you to that uh, listener for, for submitting that question. Appreciate it. It was very well articulated. Did, did uh, uh, like it. Okay. So for today's episode, uh, we wanted to tackle two topics. So um, the first is an issue regarding which we've been receiving a lot of calls from folks throughout the industry. Uh, and that is a significant uptick in the number of jackpot awards. So I'm happy to report that Don has uh, broken out the nerd tools and, and has some data to share on this, and, and as well as a few thoughts as, as to what's happening there. And then secondly, with uh, G2E approaching here in uh, October, we, we just wanted to talk briefly about some debuts and other areas of interest and um, that, you know, all this will be pursuing here in, in just a few weeks. So, um, Don, increased jackpot activity. Uh, maybe you can give us a bit of a background on this and then, um, you know, talk about what you found. Sure. Well, the, the easy p- place to start would be the IRS limit. It's <laughs> been $1,200 for 45 years now. Yeah. And, you know, if you look at inflation, and if my math is right, that's like $6,000 in current value. So... That's where you start. And yeah. we know that the average bets have gotten higher and higher over the years. I remember in the late 90s when we first started putting um, video pinions on the floor, the max bets were a dollar. Mm-hmm. And now you're seeing video pinning games the last few years at $8, $10, $20. And I remember the average bets on video pinnings being 50 cents, 60 cents the first few years. Okay. Until the manufacturers start putting three dollar, four dollar average bets, our max bets out there, so you just weren't seeing many jackpots off of the penny machines. And then multiple manufacturers started increasing the max bets on different games, um, action gaming on their video poker on their nickels. So you went from nickel video poker averaging twenty cents a spin or twenty cents a pull to pushing three dollars a spin mm-hmm. now. Yep. Um, dollar reels, the max coin back then was three bucks. And now the average dollar reel spin is $4 and every's are $8 a spin. Yeah. So obviously that increases the jackpot amount, but the big thing has been the video pennies. We're looking now at average bets on video pennies at a buck and a half a spin. And recently the big thing has been the additional play on denominations above one cent. At most floors, your two cent to dollar video play is now 15% of your coin in. Mm-hmm. So you're seeing this massive increase in average bets. You know, nickel videos are averaging $4 a spin. Um, a couple of years ago, now they're up over $5 a spin. Dimes are $9 a spin. So Man. when you're betting $9 a spin and you get a, a decent bonus round, 
that $300 hit in the bonus round when you're playing a buck and a half is now pushing $2,000. And that those trigger those jackpots. Um, I remember when I was running the floors, most of your jackpots were on dollar royal flushes for 4000 or your dollar reels. Now nearly 70% of all the jackpots are on penny machines. Man. Yeah, I, I was actually kind of surprised at that. Um, and the biggest thing for me was the average jackpot amount isn't much different on penny machines than dollar machines anymore. Okay. Yeah, the average penny jackpot is pushing $2,500 and the average dollar jackpot is 2700 Okay. <laughs> so was it, it were the operators mainly just is is it they just noticed that they're they're filling so much filling out so much more IRS paperwork and they're just seeing so like a, a crazily higher frequency in these things being awarded? It is, and especially okay. now since most of your floors are 60, 70, 75% pennies and these average bets keep climbing. Um they're having more I I looked at a, a couple of casinos this last week and just trying to figure out where the jackpots are coming from on the pennies. And obviously it's the games that your host level players like to play. Mm -hmm. I was just looking on Cupid before the call today, Nick, looking mm -hmm. at average bets on games that casinos own their core games for their host level players. Say the last three or four months has been about an average of about $3 and 30 cents a spin. Okay. On their lease games. The average bet is, as it populates, $4.50 a spin. Man. So your host level players are playing four fifty dollars a spin on leased video penny games. Yeah. So that's, you know, those, like I said, those dollar, dollar and a half bets. Now you can multiply that by three or four. <laughs> and you get a lot of two and $300 outcomes in these bonus rounds. Now you multiply that by four and you're right at that threshold. And the other big thing is you've got these multi-bonus round math models now. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of the perceived jackpots, you can have three bonus rounds hit at the same time. Okay. And yeah. when those hit and you're playing four, five, six dollars, you've got a legitimate chance of reducing the W2G jackpot. Okay. And do you feel, Don, like with those increases in average bet, do you feel that's just organic and, and more of a macroeconomic driver there that's that's pushing that? Or do you see some other kind of activity that may be driving those average bets? And and obviously the games, <laughs> the way that they're uh, set up. I, I'll, I'll tie it back to Lightning Link. At the time when Lightning Link first came out, most of my host level players were either high-end video poker or dollar reel and up players. Mm -hmm. When Lightning Link came out. A lot of my high-end customers started dabbling with video. Mm -hmm. And as they got more entertaining and the bonus rounds and the math models got better and better, a lot of the host level players shifted from dollar reels to video pennies. Yep. And that's what's happening. I'm seeing it over and over where the percentage of play on host level players keeps decreasing on reels and keeps increasing on the video. Yep. And they're keeping their average bets. If they're comfortable playing three, four, five dollars a spin on the reels, they're comfortable playing three, four, five dollars a spin on the video. Yeah. And when you do that, it's just basically increasing the jackpot amount. And have uh, you seen that with these more volatile math models? Sure. And, and Don, have you seen, so do you think that there's, um, any type of team play or pool effect in, in any of this stuff at all? Yeah, you know, absolutely. We've definitely okay. talked about that. 
that the YouTube sensations have really helped. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll see people pool in their play to increase their average bet, shorter session times. Yep. And we're also seeing a lot of jackpot chasing. Sure. People are chasing uh, with their average bets, um, especially on games like Ultimate Fire Link, Dragon Link, um, Buffalo Link, things like that, where they'll play $10 on average spin for 20 or 30 minutes. And if they lose, they're done. If they yeah. obviously hit a jackpot, everyone's happy. But you know, you see that on YouTube too. Your people are pooling their money and they're playing $25 average bet on Dragon Cash or um, Huffin' More Puff, things like that. Mm-hmm. And it's um, you get some legitimate hits. I, last G2E, I was trying, I played Huffin' More Puff for the first time and I was playing eight, nine dollars a spin. I got a bonus round, I was a thousand bucks. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it happens. Yep. 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 So if you're experiencing more jackpots at your casino floor, um, you know, join the club. Yeah. It's it sounds like everywhere. Yeah. I think it's company. going to continue to climb, mm-hmm. uh, especially as I look at what math models have come out in the last year or so. The volatility is still really strong. Uh, multiple bonus rounds occurring at the same time. And that's just all it's going to do is increase the jackpot level. Sure, sure, sure. So, okay. Well, um, any other uh, points on on the increased uh, jackpot activity, Don? Uh, down there? No, that's about it. I, I actually saw a little bit of a decline in um, dollar real average bet, which was kind of interesting. I think that just tells me that some of those host level players are really shifting their play over to video. That's, um, and I think that's one of the reasons why I'm seeing these strong average bets, uh, back during the first quarter, pull that back up again, back during the first quarter, we were seeing average bets from host level players on video pennies north of $5 a spin, $5 and 18 cents, $5 and four cents, 491. That's, um, that's pretty strong average bet. Yeah. Okay. All right. Very good. Well, um, <clears throat> so I guess we can kind of uh, turn the turn the focus a little bit here to uh, G2E. That's that's coming up here shortly. And as you know, Don, we have a, a very packed uh, schedule for this year's show. Uh, I do hope to get some time on the floor. And I think the main things I'll be running down are really uh, the the payment technologies. So there's 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 a lot of interesting things happening in, in this space, including things like you know ticket scanning and Apple Pay integration, all this kind of stuff. And, and so I'm going to be uh, taking a look at that and just see what's see what's happening. And I'll also be uh, roaming around, taking a peek at a at a few uh, AI applications. And and really on that AI front. Um, you know, I just like to throw out really a cautionary note to to everybody listening. So, uh, AI and machine learning are are really getting a lot of hype at present, and and to you know a great extent, I see both vendors and operators kind of positioning it as some sort of nebulous panacea that's that's going to solve all of our problems. So. Um, you know, this is just not the case. So, uh, you know, as the head of a company that's been authoring AI and ML apps for, for close to a decade now, I'll, I'll, I'll give you one 
big piece of advice here, and that is temper your expectations. So the the number one rule in AI is to start small, and you know you're gonna have you're gonna be far less disappointed if you align your expectations with with you know kind of limited, gradual, and and iterative implementation here. So AI AI and ML apps uh, can be incredibly helpful, but in, in terms of hype. I'm hearing echoes of kind of server-based and skill-based gaming here. I, I'm getting a little bit nervous about this, so I can't say I'm I'm overly stoked about that. In any event, um, you know, I, I think I, I'm going into this uh, with with fairly modest expectations, and I, I'd certainly um, encourage those listening uh, to to do the same on on the AI front. So, so Don, that's really what what I'm most interested in this show. Uh, how, how about yourself? What are you uh, looking for this year? For me, I spent even when I was, you know, head of tables and slots. Most of the time I spent was actually meeting with the slot manufacturers, um, and I would do the the table games producers as well. But mm-hmm. it's a great time to see and meet with the slot manufacturers to look at their cabinets, try to get a feel for what's coming out in 2024. The the, the nice changes to G two E over the last say five years or so is. There's not so much forward-looking slot machine stuff that would be out three years from now or concept machines. It was right. more stuff that's available in the next nine months, right? which was always uh, welcome. I remember having the you know green light, yellow light, red light stuff out there to where green was available now, yellow in the near future, and red was concept. Right. <laughs> you know, it, it, it was great, but there's so many games that either fail in testing or, you know, the, the math models just don't work. Um, I was more interested in what I was going to buy in the next year or so. Yeah. Uh, love looking at the new technology and seeing that stuff. There was some really neat stuff I've seen over the years, but a good chunk of that never came to the floors. Sure, sure, sure. So, you know, it's, I, I think this will be my, gosh, 25th <laughs> year at G2E. Um, so for those going for the first time, wear comfortable shoes. <laughs> you're on your feet a lot there aren't many chairs um you know make appointments with the vendors if you can yeah for um, sure. the bigger ones you probably need an hour the smaller ones a half an hour and it's a great time to meet with the smaller vendors there's some really neat stuff out there from the blueberries and it's and gaming arts and ags's of the world um and so take a chance to meet with them and um you know, it's a great time to maybe set up some trials. A lot of them have some really good deals this time yeah, of year. For sure. Um, so definitely do stuff like that. Um, yeah, and I think I saw that IT is launching a new platform. I, I believe they're they're planning that. And then I did see something from Andrew Burke, uh, Blueberry, yesterday that they're, they've got a bunch of new content that they're going to be uh, showing. So that'll be interesting. They've had a great year. And so it'll be uh, nice to see kind of what their the next lineup looks like. Yeah, it, it's always the, the, the one thing that's pretty common now is all the cabinets are fantastic. Yeah. They all look great. They're all 49 inch 4k. And so you're not going to get too many bad screens. It's a lot different than, you know, 20 years ago when you can see the dots on the screens and all that type of stuff. So the hardware is good. So try to concentrate on the math models. Um, Try to look for the ones that are a little bit different. You're going to see a lot of attack of the clones. You're going to see a lot of people, I'll bet you you'll see a half a dozen different devil's lock 
type clones from the different yep. manufacturers, right? Because <laughs> that's sure. what happens. It's um, when the Holden Spin stuff came out that year. I called it Attack of the Clones yep. because everybody had their Holden Spin. Yeah. Um, you know, look at that. Spend some time in each one. I'm, there's a couple things that I'll be looking for. Um, one of my favorite machines that I has never really taken off was Deal or No Deal. Mm-hmm. Um, gaming Arts is, looks like they have that now. So we'll see what Gaming Arts can do with that. The um, first run at that, was that IGT that ran at that? Was. First? Okay, I think yeah. it was. Yeah. It was Remember a big community it. game, as I recall, right? Right. Yeah. Um, and I always thought with that, such a great following, and it really hits that age demographic that you want to hit. If they do a good job with it, that could be a really nice hit for them. Sure. Um, I know Every was coming out with a new stepper line. I think it was a player classic reserve that they're coming out. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking for new stepper product, that's always a great place. Got to spend a little more time at every than you do at some of the other smaller vendors. Cause they do have a nice line of video and a nice line of stepper than their tournament stuff. Yep. So that's one you got to spend a little bit of time at a lot of good stuff from IGT, a lot of their peak curves and peak duels. Of course, ATI is going to, I'm sure we're going to see a lot of NFL stuff. Mm-hmm from them with their line um then light and wonder they're they had a really nice year last year their cascada dual screen stuff is doing really well so looking for new product there mm-hmm. uh, one of my favorites every year has always been konami because they they always showcase something from the future mm-hmm. um and i think this year they're coming out with that 43 by 3 stack screen okay so it's a nice it looks really good on paper. So I'll be interested to see that in, in person to see what that looks like and how tall that is going to be. And yeah. Yeah. So there's all sorts of stuff to see. So, um, do you know, are, are any of the big, uh, for, are they launching any new platforms that you've heard of? Um, yeah, I think I know ATI is, I think, okay. um, they've got a marquee cabinet and a King max cabinet. I think a lot of that's holding the NFL games. Okay. Um, the, the the interesting thing about G2E is everything's a secret now until, you know, the first week of October. Yeah. And then everyone has their cameras and their phones and everything else. <laughs> but sometimes it's really tough to get information unless you're actually a vendor or actually sure. a casino going to pre-G2E. Um, and a lot of times then they're still keeping that stuff under wraps. Yeah. So I'm sure there'll be other stuff introduced, but a lot of them are – it's still hush hush until you yeah know. yeah yeah yeah. Now, Don, have you, you you mentioned the the NFL thing from Aristocrat? So I actually have not uh, looked at that at all. So so can you explain that a little bit? I, I just am not familiar with the product, what they're doing there. Yeah they they in they have a license to do business with the National Football League, mm-hmm. and they have produced a series of themes that are basically team selectable. You can walk up to the game and pick your favorite team and the logos change. So that concept's been around for a while, but it's really neat when you want to play, you know, the Raiders in Las Vegas, or you want to play the bears in Chicago. Um, And it's been introduced at a few casinos so far, mostly on the West coast. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think the M resort just got theirs and they're mm-hmm. the you know the official home of the Las Vegas Raiders out mm-hmm. there. Um 
and I heard they're they're doing really well. Uh, I'll be very interested to play them. And that's the other neat thing about G2E, especially since it's at the Sands now, is a lot of these games that you'll see at G2E, you can play on the floor at the Venetian. Yeah, they have them on the floor. Yep. The yep. Venetian yep. does a great job of putting these games out on the floor. They really do. It, it's amazing. It, it's one of the neatest floors. You know, it's, it's a convention hotel, mm-hmm. but they do such a great job of refreshing refreshing their floor with these lease games and these trials yeah and so after tuesday or after wednesday you know walk the venetian floor you can actually you know stick a 20 or stick a hundred dollar bill in these machines and give them a whirl so you actually see them outside of their um show settings yeah so yeah, yeah. i did that last year um Gaming arts came out with a game that i really wanted to play and it was actually on the casino floor and i sat down and played it uh, same thing with one of the new cabinets of aristocrat. So, well, I remember uh, you you bitching about you couldn't get on a dragon link machine because there were always young men on them. Oh, yeah, <laughs> nuts. So yeah, we've had that conversation before. Yeah. So yeah, G two E is always is always a neat show. Um, you know, try to have a little bit of a plan. Um, once I started making appointments, it really helped me out a lot. I had standing appointments yeah. with several vendors and, you know, it's, it's a great time to meet a great time to talk, you know, try to be as punctual as you can. Cause if you've got a meeting from 10 to 11, somebody else has a meeting from 11 to 12 and at 11 o'clock they're you know, time to move on to a different vendor. Yeah. You get these knock-ons and they get really problematic for everybody. So indeed, yeah, you know, everybody wants clock. to drop in and say hello and shake hands and all that stuff is fine, but um, yeah. you know, try to be as considerate as you can. Yeah. And, and the other neat thing too, is especially with the, um, with your phones, take pictures. I take notes on my phone on yeah. the note apps and just looking at key things from each vendor. You know, I, I wrote down some themes that I wanted to try. Themes that mm-hmm. I really wanted to look at um, and did that for each vendor that I went to. It doesn't have to be a ton of notes. Um, you can carry around your you know, yellow notebook too, if you want. I've got one sitting right in front of me right now, yeah. but um, you know, the, the phone ones were always nice because I could always refer back to those when I was either meeting with the vendors or, you know, in their showrooms or something. So, you know, take a few notes here and there, take snap a couple pictures there are plenty of cameras and phones in action out there. <laughs> How about on the uh, on the property front? Any any uh, places you want to walk and and check out that you haven't seen in a while? A renovated new build? Has it been a new build there in a while? I'm not thinking of one. No, I well, yeah. there, there's always a couple floors I always enjoy walking. <laughs> the Wynn property, I I really enjoy walking because he's got such an interesting layout where he's yeah. got no wall space. And they do such a great job there of laying out their games in small banks, especially post-COVID. So I always walked away from walking his floor with ideas. Yeah. Um, I think last night I can, I can picture that floor in my mind right now. And I think the only banks he had larger than six were two lightning link or, or dragon link banks. Yeah. Everything else was small pods and carousels. And so that's always a good one. I um, love their the way they do high limit there too is just oh, it's great. It, it's oh, really it's, just so well executed. Yeah. So yeah, you know, steal those ideas for your casino <laughs> floor. You know, walk and and think about how you can do that on your casino floor. It's a great time to do it. Um, so the winds always one I like to walk. Um, 
Venetian, obviously, with their floor, it's a little um, more interesting because they've got so much table games. They got such a big sports book, and they have such a large area for ETGs. Yeah. Um, resorts was fun to walk last year. Um, that was a neat one. It's you know I, I enjoyed walking up and down the strip. Yeah, walk from Bellagio to Cosmo to Aria. Now, have you been into to the rebranded Bally's, the the horseshoe there? Have you gone on that floor yet? I have. Okay. And I used to always stay at Paris when I was mm-hmm. out there, and they were mm-hmm. linked via a tunnel. Yep. And so, um, it's always been a really nice property, and it's yeah. wide open. Um, it's it's always been a really nice property to stay at, and um, good restaurants, good floor. Uh, they do a good job there. That's it, it's, it's really a nice floor. That floor and the floor at Paris, I always liked. So there's a there's a lot of good floors out there. Walk you know, and each one's a little bit different. You know, walk from Bally's to or the Cromwell to Bally's to Paris to Planet Hollywood, and and all those floors are unique. Yeah, that's the interesting thing. And have you have you uh, seen the Sphere yet? Only during construction. I haven't been out there since it's open. So that'll oh, be my first man. time to see it. It is cool. So I had the the wife and kids there, and we went up on the high roller, you know, the the uh-huh. Ferris wheel that uh, Caesars has there, uh, mainly just to get a look at that thing. And it was it was going and I and I mean the resolution of this thing is just amazing. It it, wow. it is so cool looking. The my favorite display that they had was they were promoting some kind of summer basketball league, and it was just a giant basketball that looked Neat. so real. <laughs> it was wow. just. It, yeah, it is really, one, really cool. <laughs> one of our clients, um, the analyst is based in Las Vegas, and I was talking to him recently. He said they have problems with people stopping their cars in the middle of the road and oh, jumping out to take pictures. Uh, I, I understand it completely. You know, I mean, you just can't look at it and not I, – I saw uh, – uh, Tony uh, Lewin from from uh, Side Games. It was he was uh-huh. posting shots of it while he was golfing <laughs> in the day. So it's I mean it is really 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 impressive. It's it's yeah. a, it's a cool thing. That's and I think neat. are they are they actually kicking it off uh, during G two E? Is that I think U two's playing there? That's what I thought. That's what I heard. Okay, yeah. boy. I actually looked at tickets. I got tickets to a couple shows out there, G two E, and um, I looked at U two and forget it. They're sold out every night. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be a big one. So yeah. okay. So that's the other nice thing about Vegas is you can really network. You know, and you and it uh, it makes a difference sometimes, especially if you're um, working with those vendors or you know connecting with the past employees and um, directors and VPs and all that. Yeah, and it's it's. Um, Tuesday's show is a lot different than Thursday's show. Oh, yes. <laughs> Thursday's a great day to walk around and talk to the vendors and spend some time. Tuesday, you see a lot of the CFOs and chief marketing officers and CEOs and all that around walking the floor, yep. trying to take in what's new. But it really thins out each day after that. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, Thursday I've always found is one of the one of the best days. That's one of the days I always really like, just really swinging around the boots and hitting them because people have a bit more time and and uh, and space. So, okay, cool. Well, um, let's see. On the we'll last, uh, yep, yeah, we will most certainly be out there. So, <laughs> yep. um, 
Let's see. In the last podcast, I mentioned that uh, I'll be speaking at this year's G2E, but I didn't have the date and location yet. So that's now solved. So I'll be speaking on uh, player behavior and demand-driven inventory management. And that will be from 11.40 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. on Wednesday the 11th. And the room is going to be Titian uh, 2303. So that's T-I-T-I-A-N, as in the Italian Renaissance artist, uh, 2303. So please, uh, if you have a chance, swing by. Absolutely love to see you. So, Don, anything else uh, for today? Or have we pretty much drained uh, drained it for today? I think that's about it. Okay. <laughs> We're not too far away from G2E. So no, no. It's just a couple of weeks. Catch soon. Yep, yep, yep. Looking forward to it. And I'm sure you're uh, planning on doing some heavy gambling out there while you're uh, in town. I'm actually going to be out there for 10 days, which Uh-oh. is kind of scary. <laughs> but um, So I, I better have a, a good start to the week. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, cool. Well, I think that's about it then. So thanks so much for your time today, Don. Oh, take care, Nick. We'll talk to you soon. All right. We'll see you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.